Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your coach, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to today's podcast. Today's episode is entitled Having 2020 Vision. It's about getting a little perspective, and I want to give that to you today, and hopefully you'll take the time to do it for yourself. I want to dedicate today's podcast to three fellas that work at Wells Fargo Bank down in Del Mar, California, my local branch. And I got to say this, I walk in there, and every time I walk in, it's got a real neat floor plan. It's right next to where the Del Mar racetrack is. And so they have some old cool stuff and saddles and stirrups and things jockeys have worn and whatever else. But the people inside the building are fantastic. I love going into my bank. And, I, you know, not everybody says that, but I do. And there's three fellas in there that I want to dedicate this podcast to today. Anthony Juarez, Donovan Turner, and David Uhas himself. And so these fellas, they're great to deal with. They do a great job. And I was doing a little business, sending the wire transfer in there and the lads were coming around talking to me and they just got into the conversation of how much they enjoy the podcast and how they're all listening to the podcast and they have other people in their organization listening to the podcast and just keep doing it and let this be a word of encouragement for all of you you never know who needs a word of encouragement and it turned out without me knowing it I needed a good word that day you know I do this podcast we built this big studio I have a staff of people we have our announcer David Lally producer Danny Iverson, we have Murph, the intern, we have all the staff that go into working the website and all that stuff. We invested a lot of money to put this together. We don't make any money with this podcast, don't really sell anything on it, don't have any advertisers, just doing it because we wanted to provide value and impact and improve the lives of people. And sometimes you're wondering, are you, are you just whistling Dixie? Are you just putting stuff out there and wasting your time? And, and obviously we know there's huge number of people listening to this every month. But these three fellas came up and just gave me a, a word of encouragement on how much they enjoy the podcast. And maybe they spoke a word of encouragement on your behalf to me. And I, I passed it on to the staff and it made my day. It made all of our days. And just to keep on doing good, never grow weary and doing good. That's what the good book says. Well, today we're going to talk about having 2020 vision. And I'm the guy that said throughout 2020, no matter what the year is, it's always a good year. It's always a good day. Any day you wake up is a good day. It doesn't mean it's a great day. It doesn't mean tragedy, difficulty, setbacks, discouragement, heartache hasn't happened. But any day you're above ground on terra firma is a good day. And it can be a good life. And with all that said, and the value that's there to be had in each and every day, an awful lot of people be happy, as my grandmother would say, to see the back of this year. I believe this New Year's Eve celebration, even though it might be a little bit confined it won't be out in Times Square and with millions of people out on the streets but I do think a lot of people are going to be inwardly very happy to see the end of this year and looking forward to the next but the dynamic that I want to talk to you about is that you can really really have a lot of power in your life going forward if you'll take advantage of the opportunity to have hindsight insight and foresight in your life and that's what this episode is all about so we want to we want to have hindsight where we're really leveraging our past. We want to have insight, which is what are the lessons to learn? And then ultimately foresight. And foresight is how you can have that 2020 vision. Now, 2020 vision, as we know, is a term that's used to express 
normal visual acuity, right? It's the clarity or sharpness of how somebody sees. And basically, it's measured at a distance of 20 feet. And if you have 20-20 vision, you can clearly see at 20 feet what should normally be seen at that distance. William Wordsworth, who's a brilliant English poet, said, life is divided into three terms, that which was, which is, and which will be. Let us learn from the past to profit from the present to live better in the future. That's why he's William Wordsworth right there. I mean, that's just brilliant. He could say something in one sentence that might take me a three-hour podcast, if you know what I mean. But he said, life is divided into three terms, that which was, which is, and which will be. Let us learn from the past to profit from the present to live better in the future. That's really what this podcast episode is all about today as I coach you up here and try to help you live the good life. Let's talk about having 2020 vision. Hindsight, insight, and foresight. What is hindsight? Well, hindsight is about learning from your past, making peace with your past, and a principle we like to say around here, I did it before and I can do it again. Learning from your past is critical, and it's important to do both things. When people think, I learned from my past, well, you, go, you always think I learned from my mistakes, but you've got to learn from your past wins and accomplishments also. So you want to look at those types of things that have been the challenges you face, the setbacks, maybe the difficulties you've experienced in your life through no fault of your own. But you've also got to remember those past wins and accomplishments because ultimately you have to look back to see forward. You have to look back to see forward. If you want to have 20-20 vision, you have to look back to see forward. I'm going to walk you through that. And and I'll give you an example. In my life, I have owned 47 businesses. That's a lot, right? A serial entrepreneur. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's a fact, that 46 of those businesses have made a profit. Now, that's a pretty good average. But I'll say the one that failed, and it failed gloriously. I mean, it wasn't a small one. It It was a big old meltdown. And I had made a series of decisions 27, 28 years ago, that ended up being a major correction in our economic well-being for me and my family. I like to say it takes six hours to put a bad deal together and six years to recover from it. I ran red lights in my process. I ignored good feedback and insight from my bride. I had people around me who didn't think it was a good idea. But sometimes you're just determined to do what you're going to do. And there's nothing or no one's going to stop you. Sometimes circumstances, and in in this regard, the biggest problem I had is that I made it work. I'm a very determined guy. I made this business work. The problem is it was a business I never should have been in in the first place. And it ended up being a real, real painful experience. It, It cost me money, cost me relationships. The biggest thing it cost me was my confidence. It took me a while to get to the point where I could trust myself again to make decisions. Because when you make mistakes, you question yourself at every hand's turn. And so the key is to learn from your past. I'm going to say this to you today, that the success I enjoy today, building the largest coaching and training company for small businesses in the world, all the success we've enjoyed here at Buffini Company, none of it would have been around without that one business loss. No question. I had never known loss. I had never known failure. I had actually realized now that in past businesses, I had made some of the same mistakes, but because the timing was on my side, because the circumstances were on my side, I ended up making money because I forced the issue, because I outworked the problem. I was able to overcome some challenges. 
But once I got into the deep water and it was no longer just effort could no longer win the day, it exposed that thinking process. It exposed that lack of research. It exposed the gaps that I had made in assumptions and not doing my due diligence that ultimately made me become a much better businessman, much better. And it's very, very powerful. And so it's very important that you look back at your past and you look at the challenges, you look at the setbacks, you look at the mistakes, but don't forget to look at the wins and the accomplishments too. You got to look back to see forward. Rick Warren says, remember how far you've come, not just how far you have to go. You're not where you want to be, but neither are you where you used to be. Powerful stuff. The second thing about hindsight is you have to make peace with your past. You have to make peace with your past. Whether you've made mistakes, whether there's been failures, whether there's been hurts, wrongs committed against you, you have to make peace with your past. Without the peace in your past, there's no power in your future. I'm reminded of the story of the late Dr. Wayne Dyer. And Wayne had been raised in a family. His dad was an out-of-control alcoholic that never made peace with that. And he and his mom were living hand-to-mouth for years and years and years. And his dad would show up in his life periodically, connect again with his mom for short periods of time, empty their bank account, and take off again. And he had a lot of resentment. He had a lot of bitterness towards his father. Finally, he heard that his father had passed away. And he hadn't had contact with his father for years and years and years. And he went and found out his father was in a, a pauper's grave, the basically where the state pays for someone who has no money to bury him. And he drove hours and hours and hours. And he said as he was driving towards where his father was buried, he was driving faster and faster because he was angry and angry. And he was basically going to stand there. And the way he was going to make peace with his past was give his father a piece of his mind. So he drove for hours and hours, but it took a long time to get there. And so finally, by the time he reaches the cemetery, he's had some clarity. He's had some time to think. He's had some time to process. He's had some time to grieve, by the way. Grieve the man who wasn't in his life. Grieve the absence of the father he didn't have. So he stood there over his father's grave, and he's looking at the tombstone. He sees his father's name. And instead of kind of letting it rip, he decided just to thank his father. He said, I want to thank you. And he communicated this verbally. He said, because you were never in my life, I became totally committed to being there for my kids. Because you were never there for my mom, I've totally dedicated myself to being the best husband I can and to being the most attentive husband I can and to provide for my family. And he went on to talk about the shaping influence that his father had as a result of all his father's failures, how it actually shaped him to go in a different direction. And he stood there And he thanked his father. And on his drive home, he was just flooded with all of these different thoughts and all of these creative ideas and so on and so forth to the point that he pulled off to the side of the road, checked into a motel, and for the next eight hours just wrote everything that was in his mind, put it together in a binder, and that book became the wildest bestseller he had ever produced. Of all the books he produced, of all of his success, That book that he wrote was his wildest, most successful, put Wayne Dyer on the map and allowed him to become the success he would later become, ultimately because he made peace with his past. Sometimes you've got to make peace with your past with forgiveness. Maybe it's self-forgiveness. Maybe it's forgiving someone else. Maybe it's just forgiving them in your heart. I had a person in my life one time who did me a lot of damage, and I wrote them a letter. Now, because this person is so toxic, 
I wrote this letter of gratitude and appreciation, but that person was so toxic that if I ever sent that person this letter, it would be a massive source of future manipulation. So I didn't send them the letter. I ended up burning the letter. But with that, when I wrote the letter, I was genuine, it was committed, and I was free. So you got to make peace with your past. You got to learn from your past, both the pros and the cons, and you got to make peace with your past. You know, Dale Carnegie said, the successful man will profit from his mistakes and try again a different way. Henry Ford said, the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing. We all make mistakes. We all have things that go wrong, and we got to make peace with them. Rafiki from The Lion King. You know, I have a grandson now who's all into The Lion King. And Rafiki said, oh, yes, the past can hurt, but you can either run from it or learn from it. And I think that's well said, Mr. Rafiki. That's my grandson's favorite character. All right. Lastly, a principle that's been very powerful in how we coach people. Because we often get people who come into our coaching program who've done things in the past, they've achieved certain things, and they've kind of forgotten. They're mired in their current problem, their current difficulty. And we have to remind them that you did it before, you can do it again. And so it's very important that you analyze what have you done well in your life? What, what have you done that you're proud of? What are those things that are in your heart that no one can take away from? I'm looking in the control room here. Danny Iverson, who's the producer in charge of all of our podcasting, here's what he did. I know Danny Iverson since the sixth grade. And I was Danny's kicking coach on our football team. And we worked at it. Danny played his senior year because his best friend was my son, Mr. Stud Football. And they played basketball together. Danny's a real good basketball player, but he's like, I'd never really played football. So Danny was a kicker. And we worked at it and worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. And sure enough, in one of the biggest games that school ever had, you remember Danny? It was against Compton. He kicks the winning field goal as time expires. Phenomenal stuff. Well, years later, Danny had come to work for me and then went off to college. And he came back from college. And as we came back from college, we had one of our biggest engagements ever. We used to do these speaking engagements with Wells Fargo called cinema meetings, and they would rent out movie theaters, hundreds of movie theaters all over the United States. And we'd have anywhere 30, 40, 50,000 people all at one time in these movie theaters, and I would broadcast to them. And so here we were in this famous theater in downtown Chicago. We got Coach Lou Holtz, a bunch of famous speakers are there. There is ceilings to floor of TV screens and camera and all this equipment. Danny had just come back from college and this was his first gig. He was switching the show for me. And I turned to him and I said, "Uh, how you doing, kid? And he looked at me and he said, just like kicking a field goal. And so we both had this great experience, that moment together that we shared because he knew in his heart, he had this win from when he was a senior in high school. And years later in a high pressure situation, I did it before, I can do it again. We've all had that. Sometimes we've just forgotten. We had a woman come to our event years ago, and boy, she just looked like she had it all together. Butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. Just very, very classy, gracious woman. She looked like she should be a senator type person. Well, at the end of the seminar, there's a receiving line. I'm signing books and saying hello, and one of us, and I can tell she's kind of standing off to the side. And she waits till every single person leaves. It was several hours of a meet and greet. So she walks over to me, and typically, I've had this experience before, someone really wants to share something heartfelt. She walks over to me, I say, how are you doing? She just comes apart at the seams. And I had been watching this lady for two days in the front row of the conference. I'm thinking, this gal looks like she should be teaching this conference. And she just basically said she'd been married for 24 years. Her husband had been unfaithful to her. He took off. He emptied their bank account. And now here she was for the first time in years having to re-enter the workforce. She got a real estate license. 
And she told me about her family and her kids and that all her kids had gone on and become successful and so on and so forth. And she said, I can't do anything. I, I don't know how to do anything. I can't remember when I ever did anything. And I started asking her about her family. And it turns out she'd raised these great kids. And one of them was a lawyer and one of them was a doctor. And the lawyer had said, hey, mom, I want you to come and live with me and my family and this and that and the other. And I said, you have done the hardest job that's ever been done in humankind, which is raising a great family. It's the hardest job in the world, the most thankless job in the world, most difficult job in the world. And here are your super successful kids who've gone on to live not only because of their jobs and whatever else, but they still have this great affection for each other and for you. And I'm asking her all these questions about our family, and I'm just enamored with this family. She's built such a relationship with them. They're like, hey, come and live with me. Or come and be on the same street as me or come and stay in my house as adults. I go, that tells me you've won and you've done the most powerful thing in the world. And now you're talking about getting into real estate business? Let me me tell you, if you can be a great mom, you can be a good realtor. But she'd forgotten who she was. She'd forgotten what she'd accomplished. And that was the hurt. And she felt totally overwhelmed and totally alone. And so when she was reminded of, I did it before, I can do it again. And in this case, something as powerful as raising a family. Our biggest accomplishments are also so natural to us they're just like breathing, so we don't think they're a big deal. But look around. Some of the things you've done are a big deal to somebody else. The great Yogi Berra said, if I had to do it all over again, I would do it all over again, just like Yogi. So what did we cover? Hindsight's powerful. We've got to learn from our past, both the good and the bad. We've got to make peace with our past, just like Wayne Dyer. And the concept of, I did it before, I can do it again. What have you done before? Was it something you did in school, something you did in sports, something you did in a relationship? What is it you've done that you kind of felt proud of yourself? Sometimes people are so down and beat up, they can't even see it. But it's in there. I did it before, I can do it again. Next, insight. This is crucial stuff. Insight is a big part of having vision for your future. So first thing we want to know is what are your patterns? Next, we want to know how do we act under pressure? And then knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? So let's talk about it. What are your patterns? Now, we have to understand this. You know, we have a natural inclination called homeostasis, and I've covered this in past episodes, just to go back to the familiar, to go back to our comfort zone, to go back to what we know. What is your pattern when you're under pressure? People who like control tend to become more controlling. People who are prone to flight tend to fly faster and quicker. What are your patterns? It's very, very important that you learn to understand your patterns and therefore manage your patterns. And we'll talk about this in a second. So what is familiar for you? A great quote. All my favorite quotes are always anonymous, but it says, pay attention to your patterns. The way you learn to survive may not be the ways you want to continue to live. So this might be a pattern that helps you survive, but it might not be how you want to live. Is your pattern run and hide? Is your pattern get it all off your chest, blast everybody, and then you're fine, but everyone else is sideways? What are your patterns? Dan Millman said, rid yourself of old patterns. Focus all your energy, not on struggling with the old, but on building the new. Powerful stuff. What are your patterns? Next, how do we respond under pressure? Well, as many of you know, we have, in our 25 years of coaching people, we acquired a company where we have a person's natural gifts and abilities in a profile where we analyze their strengths, what their real strengths are. We analyze those, what their strongest communication strengths are, their personal interaction strengths are, their, their strengths in regards to how they see time and how they, are they good at starting things? Are they good at finishing things? What's their speed and pattern and how this all interacts together? 
under pressure, your natural profile is just magnified. By the way, I'm a kind of a go-get-it fast, go-getter type person. So under pressure, I go get it even more and I go even faster and go stronger. That's my natural process. When I'm faced with a problem, I typically will hit the accelerator, not the brake. Some people, they're going to hit the brake. And so your profile is magnified. Like I said, if, you, if you're a, a person who likes control, you could go all the way to controlling. You know, when you squeeze an orange, out comes orange juice because that's what's inside. So how do you respond under pressure? When the pressure clears, this is when you want to gain insight. You want to analyze your patterns. You want to ask people you love, what do you see my patterns as being? Both good and not so good. Great coach, Gino Ariyama, coaches the Connecticut women's basketball team, said, with the absence of pressure, it's hard to do great things. Because the pressure, ultimately, it can break you down initially, but it can build you up later. Ernest Hemingway said, courage is grace under pressure. Once we're aware of our patterns, we can become able to handle it. So I've learned to slow down a little bit, take a little deep breath. You know, if you're a person who likes control, okay, I'm going to hold it with an open hand, and you're going to pour all your energy into keeping that hand open so you don't become controlling, those kinds of things. The last thing I'd say on this is knowing what you know now as you look at, you know, really gain an insight from this year of 2020, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? Knowing what you know now about this year, just this year in hindsight, what would you do? What would you do when you first heard of the pandemic? What would you do in regards to it now? What would you do going forward? What would you do economically? What would you do regarding investing? What would you do knowing the outcome of all the elections? What would you do now? How would you approach the year differently? You know, I think most people would say they would be less fearful if they could, and they'd be less anxious if they could. I think most people would agree to that. I think that's a good thing going forward because we're going to face other challenges again. We might have a pandemic of confidence. (laughs) We might have those kinds of crises. So knowing what you know now. I had an interesting experience here uh, maybe two weeks ago. I was driving into the studio here to record a podcast. I had a call scheduled, and for whatever reason, that person couldn't make the call. So great. I have a little time. I'm going up the coast road. I hit the windows down. I passed four beaches on the way to the studio. So I rolled down the windows. I just went on the Sirius XM radio and I turned on the 70s. All right. And the 70s was good for a little bit and then it got a little funky. So I went to the 80s. And on came a song by a band called Tears for Fears. And it was a song called Shout. And I remember it like instantly. I was just transported to 1985. I was just finishing up college and MTV was kind of the hot, sexy thing. And I remember being in a friend's apartment, and they had a TV that had MTV, and this video was on from Tears for Fears. And I, I just got transported 35 years. I could see myself. I could see what I was wearing. I have no idea why that was so stuck in my mind. And I had this kind of delicious conversation with myself all the way up the coast road. And the question I asked myself out loud is, Brian, what would you tell that 18-year-old kid? What would you tell him? If you could, what would you tell him? What would you do differently, knowing what you know now? It was a very interesting conversation with myself. And one of the reasons why is I'm a guy who tends to beat himself up over his mistakes. I hate making mistakes. I don't like it. I don't like making U-turns. I don't like do-overs. I really wouldn't have even told myself to avoid some of the challenges, that business venture that I talked about that went sideways. I wouldn't tell that young fellow to avoid that business venture because I learned so much from it. 
the biggest advice I'd say, make sure you marry Beverly. That was one of them. Yes, making that commitment of faith as a 19-year-old is the best decision you ever made in your life. And make sure you get right with God because that's set up your whole life. Then go marry Beverly. Then go have the A-team. And then when you're ready, go start Buffeting Company. And I basically didn't have, for a guy who's constantly questioning himself about any mistake I've made or anything I haven't done right, I had very little advice to give myself, except this one. Relax. Don't stress out. Everything's going to be just fine. Just do what you're going to do, but just do it in a more enjoyable fashion and worry less and enjoy it more. That's all I had for myself for 35 years. That's it. Nothing else. No tactical thing. No structural thing. Just that. It was a fascinating experience. So I'm kind of sharing with you from inside my own world here. So hopefully it's helpful for you. So we talked about the hindsight and learning from your past and making peace with your past. And I did it before I can do it again. And now we're talking about insight and what have been your patterns in 2020 and how do we act under pressure and knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? And now we get to the good stuff, which is foresight. And foresight is where we're going to actually have this vision for the future. And so we want to start with the end in mind. I'm going to give you a principle that says when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. And then the last piece is having something to look forward to. So let's talk about this. You know, we say we've done our hindsight analysis. We've got our insight from the year. Now we need to transition it into foresight. So here's the great thought is to start with the end in mind. Not an original thought of mine. Ultimately, in the seven habits of highly effective people, Stephen Covey talks about this. And he says, to begin with the end in mind means to start with a clear understanding of your destination. It means to know where you're going so that you better understand where you are now so that the steps you take are always in the right direction. So know where you're going. Start with the end in mind. Reverse engineer what you want. And that was the great Dr. Alex Lackey shared that with me. You take this goal and it's, you know, I, I used to talk about a BHAG goal, a big, hairy, audacious goal. It should be something you don't know how to do. It should be something that go, man, I, I don't know if I could ever do this. But you start with that big, hairy, audacious goal, and you just put it out there. And then you start to reverse engineer. Don't think initially, how am I going to do this? How am I going to pay for this? What? Just start with a crazy, crazy goal of what's the ultimate goal? What do you really want? And then start working your way back. Reverse engineer. Again, Wayne Dyer, I mentioned earlier on, said, Begin with the end in mind. Start with the end outcome and work backwards to make your dream possible. Simple as that. Oprah Winfrey says, create the highest, grandest vision possible for your life because you become what you believe. So let's start with the end in mind. Next, when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. I heard that at a seminar in 1990. And it was a quote of the great Roy Disney, who was Walt Disney's brother, Walt was the creative genius, but Roy was the businessman. And boy, was he a sharp cookie. In fact, he's very well known to people in Ireland. He had a fantastic home in Cork, in the southern tip of Ireland. He sailed there all the time. And he said, when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. When your values are clear, your decisions are easy. And so, for example, at Buffini Company, we have a set of core values we establish. Our mission, impact and improve the lives of people. But our core values live what we teach, practice servant leadership, and excellence is our minimum standard. And then there's a bunch of supporting principles underneath that. I I have these core values 
for our family. I have these core values for myself. When your values are clear, your decisions are easy. Let me say this. What and who you say no to is as important as what and who you say yes to. I've often said the quality of your business is greatly reflected by who you won't do business with. When your values are clear, your decisions are easy. Don't try to please everybody. Don't try to serve everybody. Not everybody's your customer. When your values are clear, your decisions are easy. Herb Brooks, the coach of the Miracle on Ice hockey team, he was a brilliant, brilliant man. He said, you're only as good as your values. That's what he used to tell his team all the time. So whether it's setting a set of goals, whether it's running a company, or whether it's running a championship gold medal hockey team, when your values are clear, your decisions become easy. And isn't that a good thing? Then your decisions become easy. I was like, what's an example of that, Brian? Okay, so you make a decision. We're not going to go into debt for any major purchase outside of a house or a car, let's say, if you want to do that. So decision comes along. Oh, my gosh, so-and-so's having a sale. Like, I'm bringing this furniture. Nope. Values are clear. Decisions are easy. No, we're not buying furniture until we pay cash for it. Another financial decision is, no, we're not going to buy this until we can fully fund our retirement or our savings account. We're going to follow the 70-10-10-10 formula that we've talked about. 70% we live on. Give away 10%. We save 10%. We invest 10%. Great. Uh, I've got to live on 70%. Situation comes up. Opportunity comes up. Somebody's got a great deal. You're on vacation. There's a timeshare for sale. Values are clear. Decisions are easy. So the financial one is kind of the easiest one to do on that. So establish your values and then make your decisions accordingly. And then lastly, having something to look forward to. I think this is a big deal. I think this is a big deal for the year that's coming, is having something to look forward to. You know, we sat down with our team and we created all of our event schedule for 2021. And boy, oh boy, there was a lot of people going, well, what about this and what about that? I go, you know what? Let's have something to look forward to. And I can picture our peak experience event that's already sold out that's going to be in Arizona. And I can picture our Mastermind Summit right here in San Diego. And boy, they're saying that we don't know what's going to happen in San Diego. I'm picturing it. I'm seeing it. I have something to look forward to. I picture my whole family hasn't been to Ireland to see my parents together. So I have this vision of us going, hey, in, in, in summertime this year, the whole family going to Ireland. Just have something to look forward to. And as you establish your vision for the future, you want to have those clear values for making a decision. And then you also want to have things to look forward to. I mean, that's really the spice of life. And so whether it's a vacation, whether it's a trip, maybe it's something you're going to acquire, something you're going to go do, something you're going to go be. You got to have something to look forward to. And I've give you a little phrase here that I want you to write down. And it says this, I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to see the pyramids. Okay. I've always wanted to drink a pina colada on a, on a Caribbean island. You know, I, I've always wanted to sail to Bermuda off the coast of North Carolina. You know, whatever it is, I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to. What is an I've always wanted to for you? And I'm going to encourage you to say that phrase and imagine it's like a really nice red wine and you're just taking in the bouquet and the flavor of it. Danny's probably going to relate it to coffee in some way or the other, but it's, I've always wanted to. What, what is it you've always wanted to? And it could be big or small. I've always wanted to. Have something to look forward to. I've, I've always wanted to clean every drawer in my closet. You know what I mean? I've always wanted to. What are some of the things? You know, I've always wanted to shoot 80 on the golf course. Maybe that's your goal. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to. That's a thing to start stirring yourself up. You know, just because we've developed great survival skills in 2020, it doesn't mean they give us great thrival skills for 2021. I've always wanted to. 
So why don't you start thinking about that phrase? You know, my friend Lou Holtz says, everybody needs four things in life. Something to do, someone to love, someone to believe in, and something to hope for. Another wonderful quote says, looking back gives you regrets, looking ahead gives you opportunities. And that's what I hope and pray for all of you today. I hope there's many opportunities in your future. I hope you have an awful lot of things to look forward to. I hope you get to write down those I've always wanted to. And maybe it's for this year, next year, whenever. But it gives us all power in the future. And it gives us energy in our present. So we talked about hindsight and ultimately learning from our past and making peace with it. Did it before, I can do it again. We talked about insight, where you you analyze your patterns and how do we act under pressure. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your younger self? And then foresight. Start with that end in mind, just like Covey talked about. Remember, when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. And then have something to look forward to. For me, I look forward to being in the studio with you guys on a regular basis. I look forward to providing you with the best information, the best content, the best interviews, just a good word of encouragement. Whether it be three guys in a bank down in Del Mar or wherever you may be, I hope the best is yet to come for you and I hope you find yourself in the future having yourself just a high old time. I pray that you'll have a fantastic 2021 and that when we put 2020 in the rearview mirror, There'll be things we are glad are over, but there's things that we learned a lot from and they made it a good life, if not even a great one. So thanks for joining me today and uh, bless you all. And to finish up today, I'm going to give you a little Irish blessing from my mom, who's been blessing me and helping me have a vision for my life for a long, long time. So I'll hand it over to you, Therese, and I'll see you guys next time. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.